basketball camp is in full swing in Chapel Hill, and that means scrimmage current team versus the alumni game. And I've got some great intel for you from right inside the building. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us for your first listen or first watch to get your team every single day. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they're going to throw in a free custom Yeti-style Bird Dogs tumbler with every order. Hey, if you're interested in checking out the Locked On NBA Mock Draft, it's going to be dropping onto the feed for my other show, Locked On College Basketball, in the next day or two. It's a six-episode run, five selections per episode. It's just a first-round mock. Uh, I had the honor of being part of the anchor desk for that, and so uh, if you want to check it out, go make sure you do that. Now, coming up on our show today... It is contact day for the Rising Juniors. It's such an exciting day. And in fact, I've stayed up past midnight to record this show for you so that it's actually already contact day. And also got some thoughts on it from Elliot Cadeau's mom, who went through it last year and gave me permission to share some of their thoughts. But before we get to all that, want to talk about the alumni versus current team camp game that took place on Wednesday. This game was uh, a game played to 70 that ended, oddly enough, the the alumni won with a lob uh, inside from Cole Anthony to James Michael McAdoo, who dunks at home for the 70 to 68 victory. Whoo boy, that's wild and rad stuff. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I hope you've gone and read Adam Lucas's article. He always does a great job on it, talked about it, Great stuff from the inside. I think either Tar Heel Illustrated or Inside Carolina had put out some stats from the game. I think people have been checking that out. And so, um, great. Go look at those. I don't want to spend time doing that today. I want to talk about some impressions um, because uh, have a relationship with somebody who uh, works the Carolina basketball camp on a consistent basis and is just a source that has shared information with me from what this person is seeing and observing. Uh, been asked for anonymity, and I want to respect and honor that. But I will tell you that this is a high-level basketball mind whom you can't trust. This isn't some random observer sitting there watching stuff. This is somebody that knows what they're talking about. So just hear that. Now, you have probably heard, and this is where I want to start, and this is awesome and fun that that neither Zayden High nor Elliot Cadeau participated in this game yesterday. And that is true. But here's what I need to tell you. The very first thing this person said to me is just three simple words. You ready? Elliot is special. And I said, well, hang on. Now, how do you know that? Because he wasn't playing in this game. You just told me that. And this person said, 
How? Well, yes, he wasn't able to play in the game because Zayden and Elliot were going through freshman orientation, um, and so we're going to be able to play later. But after camp ends each night, they have open gym. And so this person said to me, he has played the last three nights after camp ends. So we have been able to see him play then in those sessions after camp finishes. And just, again, very simply said, Elliot is special. And boy, Tar Heel fans, that I'm sure is music to your ears. That's exactly what you want and need to hear. Now, unlike the um, the scrimmage game that was alumni versus current team, these games at night are mixed up, everyone playing in different roles. And so Elliot's intermixing with those guys. And man, the opportunity to, to be able to talk with guys like Cole Anthony and Kenny Williams and, and Luke May is invaluable for him. So um, some of the other insight from my source at the game there, uh, obviously just rattled off a bunch of the folks that were the, the alums that were there, Cole Anthony, Ed Davis were the first two that this person mentioned, talked about Kenny Williams and how well both he and Cole played for the alumni. I think you probably read that in um, Adam's article that that Kenny was shooting well from the outside. Uh, if you've seen the picture of the group that was there, you probably saw Luke May. And I know several people are like, oh, man, how did Luke do? Luke actually didn't play, um, I, my source tells me. And so uh, it was just there. Um, and so pretty neat there. My source also said, listen, now I didn't keep stats, but I've watched enough basketball in my life to know that RJ and Armando both played really well. They look hungry. They look ready. And that also excites me in a big way to know that those guys are up and going. Now, out along with the freshmen, you were probably most wondering, okay, yeah, great. Armando and RJ, I expect that from them. What about the transfers? Great question. Uh, my source told me that Cormac Ryan hit a few threes. So did Harrison Ingram and that Paxson Wojcik did some good things as well. And the source said, man, those three play really well together already. So that's encouraging to hear and see. Although, you know, keep in mind, this is just a scrimmage to be. So it's to be taken with a grain of salt, but you'd rather have them playing well than, than not well. And then uh, asked about Jalen Withers. And this person said Withers played as well. He brings a ton, all caps, ton of energy. Runs the floor well, second and third, and this is maybe what I love the most, and can guard anyone. You love these switchable bigs, so that's encouraging. So the three things about Jalen Withers there from my source, he brings a ton of energy, runs the floor well, and can guard anyone. <laughs> and so again, you can find the stats anywhere, but honestly, they don't matter too terribly much. What does matter is that these dudes are competing because remember, the, the current team went out last year and like laid a flat egg. And I can't remember who it was now that maybe it was Marcus Page, Coach Page, excuse me, that laid into them for that. Um, but this year, not the case. They were competing. They were hungry and ready to go. Now, uh, Coach Pat Kilby and I were texting a little bit on Wednesday because this is really cool. Brady Manick actually came and played with Pack and some of his high school guys on Wednesday. And so we were just talking about uh, Brady and he said um, that Brady is supposed to be going to play at camp later in the week. Um, and my source also said that Deion, Th Deion Thompson is supposed to be there later as well. So we'll keep our eyes out on that. Now, 
in addition to the hungriness and that kind of thing mattering, you know what else matters? You want to know who was there coaching the current team? I'm going to say, a fr- I guess I just said it a second ago, but I'm going to say a phrase I've never said before. Coach Page. That's right. Marcus Page, and, and my source sent me pictures of this, was the one coaching the current team and interacting and working with them. I'm tell- I've am i been telling you, man, I'm so excited for Marcus to do this, and you, you just see it already. Even though it's just a pickup game, he's there instilling his wisdom into them from all of his basketball skills and knowledge. So really neat stuff there. Keep in mind, there's going to be another session of camp. So we'll probably get the results of another scrimmage. Um, Hopefully from my source, be able to hear more um, from results from some of these uh, late night pickup games as well, and be able to pass that on. Cause I know folks are always really interested in that. Um, And of course, B dot six man of the Tar Heels was there MC and the whole thing. I'm sure you've seen the picture with him in that as well. Well, today, as I've already said, is June 15th, and that means it's contact day for the rising juniors. Maybe you don't know what that is. I'm going to explain it all in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Friends, I've said it multiple times now, and I I don't know how else to say it, so I'll just keep it simple. Bird dogs, pants, and shorts just make you look better. For example, their stretch khaki shorts, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look that I tell you, I need help getting that sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Now, how do they pull all this off with these khakis, for example? Well, they've invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches to give you a slimmer fit look without having to sacrifice movement. That's exactly what I'm looking for. But even better yet, I tell you, I don't know about you, I hate the smell of gross, nasty summer sweat. Anybody like summer feet smell gags me to death. So I love this about bird dogs. They use anti-sweat, excuse me, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry and smelling good all day long. So if you want to get in on that action, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter promo code locked on college. When you do that, you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with every one of your orders. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free bird dogs yeti style tumbler you're not going to want to take off your bird dogs this summer i promise you all right contact day june 15th again i've stayed up till midnight on wednesday so i could actually be in the day to celebrate and know that it's going on now we don't know yet who any of the actual contacts are that carolina has made we can assume because of some of the scholarships that have already been extended by the Tar Heels in the class of 25. We'll probably hear more of that on Thursday today as the day goes on and then be able to talk about it Friday if there is anybody. So what what is this day? Why, why is it a thing? Why do we need to talk about it? Great question. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you, what is now allowable? Well, here, here are the timelines from the NCAA, and this these timelines are specific to men's basketball. Different sports have their own specific timelines. But as of today, coaches and coaching staffs can be the ones now to initiate 
correspondence, phone calls, DMs, text messages, FaceTime, whatever it is. Before now, that could not happen. But now coaches can do that. So literally, it is uh, 1.07 a.m. my time, central time. So there have been calls and texts and things going on already tonight as I'm recording this. There's probably even more still happening. Now, why, why is that a big deal? Because prior to this, receiving calls from recruits could happen at any time, no matter the date. A student athlete could already be initiating correspondence. And so that that has already been happening. Now, just some other timelines while we're already talking about it. Unofficial visits, you can begin on August 1st leading into your sophomore year. So this group of juniors we're talking about has already been able to do unofficial visits. But official visits, they have not been able to do yet. That begins August 1st leading into your junior year. So about a month and a half, this group of juniors, the class of 25, will be able to do that. Now, why, why does the NCAA have these timelines? That, that's something maybe of confusion for people. Well, let me read to you direct from some of their legislation. This is a quote. Recruiting calendars help promote the well-being of prospective student-athletes and coaches and ensure competitive equity by defining certain time periods in which recruiting may or may not occur in a particular sport, end quote. So the NCAA does this to essentially try and level the playing field and to just like, all right, well, now we're contacting fifth grade. You know, like <laughs> we don't need all that. But but you might be asking yourself another question. Now, hang on there, Isaac Shade. If If Carolina's coaching staff can't have reached out until today, how come they've offered several scholarships in this class already? How is that a thing? That's a phenomenal question, and I'm glad you asked it. Um, they have indeed offered scholarships already, but all of that contact is not set up by the coaching staff. It's done through third parties, like perhaps a player's high school coach or AAU coach. Um, and, you know, maybe they're able to talk at a, at a tournament as they're watching player X and, and, you know, maybe the AAU coach says, Hey, my player would be interested in your school. You want me to, you know, whatever, and we can set up a phone call. So then like, if I'm the player, I could call coach Davis, I can initiate that and we can have a conversation. And then coach Davis could offer me a scholarship if he was so inclined, doesn't have to, obviously. But th that's why you already have scholarships out there is because that can happen in the context of a player being the or a player's family being the one to initiate contact. So that is a thing. With that in mind, let's get to some of those specific players. Some of you might have been keeping up with the conversation that I've been having because I think I've profiled just about all of the six scholarships that Carolina has already offered in this class. Um, although by you know, now with this opening up, with it being contact day, there might end up being more. And again, we'll talk about those on Friday if there's any new ones that come out. Um, interestingly, there are three front court players and three backcourt players that have already received scholarship offers from Carolina. So let's start in the front court. Uh, we we talked about the the Boozer twins several a uh, couple weeks ago, I guess it was now. But Cameron Boozer, the son of son of Carlos is number one 
consensus. So when we look at recruiting ratings for college basketball, there's essentially four major uh, recruiting sites right now that that people trust. And those are ESPN, 247 Sports, On3, and Rivals. Those are typically at this point in in recruiting the the main four. So Cameron Boozer, number one across the board at all four of those. The next front court player that Carolina has reached out to is Caleb, or not just reached out to, excuse me, offered a scholarship to is Caleb Wilson. Uh, he's got a little bit, I mean, he's essentially a top 10 guy, but at everything but on on three. So seven at ESPN, eight at Rivals, nine at 247, and 13 at on three. So Caleb Wilson, just right there, essentially uh, a top 10 consensus player, but just, just not because of on three. And then the third front court player that Carolina has offered is Koa Pete, who is out of Arizona. And he is number three everywhere, the other three, except for on three where he's sixth. So you can essentially call him the consensus number three player in this class. And so those are the front court players Carolina has already offered. And then the, the backcourt players Carolina has already offered are Isaiah Harwell, who's number Five at two of them, seven at one, and ten at ESPN. Darren Peterson, who's fourth, fifth—excuse uh, me, fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth—at the four recruiting sites, so right there in the middle of that top ten. Uh, Peterson is somebody we haven't profiled or talked about yet. We should do that. And then Caden Boozer, who's Cameron's brother, is in the twenties at at two, four, seven on three and ESPN, and thirty-six at Rival. So a little uh, further down. Than these other guys, but still a high, high, high level college or, you know, current high school basketball player that will be a college basketball player. So that's who we know right now, those six Carolina has offered to. But obviously, as I said, who else is Carolina going to reach out to? Maybe offer a scholarship to that doesn't always happen in these phone calls, but but it can and does. So keep your eyes out on social media today. It, it will not come or probably won't come directly um, from any Carolina official accounts, but a lot of times the player themselves will say, you know, those graphics like, hey, I'm blessed to receive a scholarship offer from the university, that kind of thing that we will see. So names are going to start leaking out, and then we will touch base more about that. By the way, before we move along, speaking of the class of 2025 rankings, uh, what about the 2024 Tar Heels? Because 247 has recently updated their rankings. That took place actually a week ago today. And so remember, there's only three now, now that Elliot Cadeau has reclassed. It's just Ian Jackson, Drake Powell, and James Brown. So let's start with Ian Jackson, who didn't get an update on his ranking. He's holding at number five, no new update. Really the only thing to share with him that I guess I haven't technically shared on this show is his quote about his decision on uh, staying at North Carolina. You know, there were some rumors when Simeon pulled out and decided to go to St. John's that maybe something with Ian and then also all the reclassification news. Here's a quote from Ian Jackson to 247 Sports. I have considered reclassifying, but I feel as if I want to take this year, my senior year, to prepare my body and my mind to walk into UNC as a professional. Love that. I'm 100% committed to UNC and will join the program next season, 2024-25, end quote. That's great. 
Ian Jackson sticking in his class, going to come uh, next season and be ready to go. Going to do everything he can this season to prepare. Now, let's then look at Drake Powell and James Brown's 247 sports ranks. My man, Drake Powell, welcome to the top 10. This dude has been on an astronomical climb, was 76th last April 27th. So April 27th of 2022 was 76th. And now he is ninth. That ascension is insane. Congrats to Drake for all your hard work, everything you've done. Um, and it, from everything I've read, from all, all the stuff, there's still room for him to continue to grow, specifically with his offensive game. So excited to see that. Now, with James Brown, he's unfortunately gone the other way. And it's kind of confusing. It's almost like it all, legitimately almost feels like 247 Sports made a like a typographical error. I don't think they did. But here's why I say that. All of James Brown's rankings, like this whole spring, um, essentially, he's always been in the like 40s, mid 40s. May 30th, he was ranked 45th. June 5th, he was ranked 45th, 44th, excuse me. But then as of this re recount on June 8th, he dropped all the way to 88th, did James Brown. I, I don't know what's up with that. I haven't, I, I need to reach out to the recruiting staff and just say, hey, what, what caused this precipitous drop from Brown and uh, have some conversation. So as of now, I'm not sure why, but, but that's where he's at now. All this June 15th contact day is, is super interesting to me. Uh, it's, it's this day that these young men have been waiting for it, anxiously hearing like who's going to call. So you might be wondering what it's like for a family to go through this. Luckily for you, Elliot Cadeau's mom shared with me some pointers that they as a family kind of developed that she wrote about in terms of how to navigate June 15th. We're going to talk about that in just a second. All right, friends, continuing with our June 15th Junior Contact Day conversation, we have the great opportunity to kind of hear some insight from someone who just went through this very thing last summer, and that's Michelle Cadeau, Elliot's mom, obviously, and her family. But um, Michelle has kind of put together this little guide for families and, and players who are about to go through this now and in future years. And so I love this. I love behind the scenes things that kind of give us a glimpse into what people are experiencing. That is something like for me, I, I didn't experience this. I wasn't a basketball player. I played baseball and tennis. I've always loved basketball, but it's just not something I went through. And so um, I, I share all this with permission from Mrs. Cadeau um, in like, you can go see the receipts on Twitter. So this is not just something I'm stealing and utilizing. This is used in her name and with her permission. So um, I'm just going to quote her several times and then respond to, to some of those. One of the things she says is, quote, the anticipation is huge, but as you don't really know who will reach out, it can be a little <laughs> nerve wracking. A little nerve wracking is right. Goodness gracious. Just waiting. Like, is the, is the phone going to ring? Am I going to get a text? She says, therefore, managing expectations is huge before this date. I love the wisdom of that as a parent. A great game plan is to, before June 15th, sit down as a family and talk it through. Talk through expectations, how you plan on managing the day, and what your goals are with the day. 
As with everything, preparation is key. Sure, it is only a call, but that can that call can determine a lot. And as we know, yeah, it can determine a lot, like the future of where you go to college. It is often the first impression that counts. Amen to that. The coaches will reach out to countless recruits, so to be as prepared and ready as possible will make you calmer and hopefully make that great first impression. So I, I love all this from Mrs. Cadeau, like this idea of, hey, it's almost like this is infinitely a, a different kind of thing, but you'll hear me. Like my family has sat down. I, I have a wife and two children, a seven and four-year-old. We have sat down as a family and said, all right, if if something happens, like if there's a fire in our house, kids, here's where you go. Here's where we're going to go. Here's how we'll connect, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. Now, I know like this recruiting conversation is not as life and death as a fire in your house, but I, I just mean it in terms of the preparation that's being talked about. Like we as a family want to know, like we got to be on the same page with this or else we're going to be having different conversations, different coaches or whomever is going to be saying different things to different people. And then we're not going to be all on the same page. We got to have a plan and we got to go after it. So I love how the Cadeaus went about attacking this um, on Elliot's behalf and um, and and how they went through things. Now, um, in kind of the next thing that Michelle Cadeau talked about is what to expect. She says, quote, coaches might legitimately call at 12.01, so be ready. If you are a highly recruited player, the calls might continue through the night and next day. I mean, this is wild, but it is so true. Like, this is what's happening. Like, and so you're sitting around waiting and it's like, all right, I guess I, I, I should take a nap today because I'm going to have to be up maybe half the night talking to these college coaches who want to start reaching out to me directly. And for some of these young men, those calls and texts and DMs and FaceTimes are going to come. And it is, it is a great but heavy privilege. And for some, they're really excited about it. And the phone's never going to ring. Obviously for Elliot, it rang and rang and rang and rang. But just keep in mind, there, there's other young men who want nothing more than to, to get a 2 a.m. phone call tonight. You know what I mean? That, that is just not going to get it. So, um, man, crazy. She goes on to say, some coaches call, some text, some FaceTime, and some DM you. Not all calls will end with an offer, a scholarship offer. This is specifically true for the high major D1 schools. The goal for the coaches is to start getting to know you and your family and let you know that there's interest from their end. They're also trying to get a feel for how interested you are in them. And so keep in mind, folks, it's just like an interview. It's not just me answering the company's questions. I got questions for you. I'm interviewing you, Coach Davis, in this case. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I love this. But keeping in mind, sometimes it's just an initial phone call to, to get to know each other. Sometimes it is like, no, we, we already know. And we're going to offer you a scholarship at the end of this phone call. She says, as each coach is different, each call will be different. Some calls might be the assistant coach, some the head coach. Remember through it all that this is as much a time for you to get a first impression and start to get to know the coaches and their staff. See? interview them as well. And then uh, Mrs. Cadeau ends with a list of 10 things of what to do. And I love this. It's a super practical thing. And so I just want to rattle these off. Number one, have your phone charged, right? Like it seems so silly, 
But if you're talking to coaches or FaceTiming or whatever for, for hours, because keep in mind, it's not just tonight. It's going to be like, okay, I got to get to bed. I got to wake up and get ready to do some more of this. Um, number two, take your phone off of do not disturb. This is not the time, she says, to have your phone on do not disturb because you don't you don't want coaches thinking you're closed off. You want to be ready. Number three, have your voicemail set up. I know that seems silly, but even in something small like that, you can set a positive or negative impression for a coach, which might be long lasting. So make sure your voicemail is ready to go. Number four, set a spot where you can talk. This means like physical location. I don't want to be somewhere around where my dogs are barking or where my baby sister's crying, that kind of thing. Like you need to find a place where you can sit and have a legitimate conversation with this coach or coaching staff. Number five, prep questions. This is so good. This is part of that planning that, that we talked about earlier. You don't want to just as, as a player be sitting around waiting and like, I don't know what I'm going to know. Like you need to have a set of questions. You need to either be ready to take notes on your notes app or with some note cards or whatever it's going to be and ready to go. I love this next one. Number six, I highlighted this one as one of my two favorites. Take all calls and reply to all texts. I think it's so easy for us as humans to forget that everyone else is a human. And so if I'm a, if I'm Elliot Cadeau and I'm going to be a high major college basketball talent, I'm going to answer the calls and texts, even if it's a division three coach or an NAIA coach, I'm taking that call because I want to, I, even if I don't think I'm going to go there, you just never know what's going to happen. I want them to know that I'm a human, that I'm going to give them the time of day. I'm going to look them in the eye and honor their time by talking to them. Beyond that, and Ms. Cado, Mrs. Cadeau says this, like, what happens if, if they get promoted to being the head coach at wherever D1 school and you burned a bridge with them because they were at a D3 school, right? You know what I mean? So uh, there, there are professional reasons for that too, beyond just being a kind human being. All right, let's breeze through these last final ones. Set time limits. It's so wise, right? Like you got all these coaches wanting to talk to you. You got to set a time limit. You can be kind with that. And the coaches have a lot of guys to call, so they've got time limits as well. Take notes. This is so good. You want to remember what the coaches said to you, not only so that you can remember it, so that you can bring it up again when they talk to you. Number nine, save the coaches' numbers. As soon as I hang up the phone with Sean May, I'm putting in Sean May, assistant basketball coach, University of North Carolina, whatever. And then number 10, this was the other one I highlighted that I just thought was so good and so insightful from Miss Michelle Cadeau. Be yourself, right? Like you have to be who you are, because if you're not, you're going to show up on their campus trying to be that version of yourself and you're going to fail because you're not going to be in your sweet spot. I want to coach to want me because of who Isaac Shade is, not because of some, some made up version of Isaac Shade. You know what I mean? And, and again, that goes back to the humanity of it all. Like people want you to be the best version of you, not some budget version of somebody else. Right? So be yourself. I love that. And isn't that a truth for all of us? I think this list is, is honestly great just in life, not just in these moments. So uh, just a big shout out, big thanks to Miss Michelle Cadeau for her kindness in letting us use this content. Man, can't wait to see who some of the names are that Carolina 
is going to be contacting going to be future Tar Heels, just like Michelle Cadeau's son, Elliot, who, by the way, <laughs> full circle, is special. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for being here. If you would, go leave the show a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get reviews. Five stars and talk about why you love being part of this community. If you'd like to have more in-depth conversation or you want to send a question for us to answer on the show, you can do that. LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com or you can shoot me something on Twitter to the show at LockedOnHeels to me at Isaac Shade. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave comments. I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, peace.